Hello and welcome to Dennis. Anyone with Dennis Hensley? I'm here in the Los Feliz apartment of today's guest, Erin Quill. Hello. She's an actress and a singer and a blogger and a writer and a mom. And a mom. I love when people get accomplished and then they just they always leave with mom because they think that makes them sound sound earthy. like yeah. I remember Dr. Laura Schlesinger always used to say, "I'm Dr. Laura Schles and I'm my kid's mom." Like they oh, want it. Whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? They want to be like. Yeah, they that's their most earthy. important job, right. well, but I, I think, get it. I think that's also, I mean, I think it is one's most important job. Yes. Hi, Boba. <gasps> Look at Frozen. Frozen. Oh, yes. We're, we're watching Frozen because Liam, that, that, that's that baby gets crack. excited. It's baby crack. But yeah. he also likes to play with the mics. You're yes. cute. Anyways. So I think people lead with mom because they. Because it's important to them. Well, it's important to them, but I also think like depending on what they're doing, they might be talking to an audience at home yeah. who, who is mainly moms. Yeah. So they don't want to alienate their audience. So, you know, yeah. it's like, here's the thing we have in common. We're both moms, except I make millions of dollars yes. and you sit on your couch and you watch me. So there you go. So there you go. That's just my my take. Yeah. Now we're watching Frozen because it's baby crack. It is baby Nothing crack. Nothing works on it just he just hypnotized by it. He has his own little dances. More than any other video that he watches. Yeah, he doesn't really watch any other video. He watches yeah. Elmo in Chinese. Right. But other than that, it's Elmo in Chinese or Frozen. It's really limited. It's very... <laughs> that's a that's not a wide range no, of stuff. It's not, eventually, I'm sure he'll get, he'll get more diverse in his viewing. Yeah. But right now, it's pretty much Frozen. Now, Liam is perhaps the cutest kid I've ever seen. He's the most famous gay bee in Los Angeles. Well, and New York. He's and bi coastal. New York, yes, he is bi coastal. And every time I see him on Facebook, he's adorable and posing with another famous person or just being adorable. He gets on his around. Own. He gets around. He yeah. was at an egg dying party, an Easter egg dying party the other night. And I had this moment because he likes to do this thing at parties where he runs up and just hugs people. He has a hugging flurry. He has a hug. He has like a hugging rush. Yeah. Like, I took him to um, the opening of that Fuller Roberts oh, yeah, uh, yeah, furniture yeah. exhibition. For sure. And I was chasing after him, and I turned around, and he was hugging this guy's leg, and I looked up, and it was Chris Klein. Oh, wow. And then he went up to Ellen Green, and he kind of – he also likes to pretend he's a lion, so he kind of growled at her, and Ellen Green was like, Oh, my. He's yes. got some presents. And I was like, Thank you, Ellen Green. But she knows from presents. She, she certainly does. Yeah. Um, but she can't uh, – so anyway, we were at an egg dying party, and oh no, you're here, and you think the microphone is a thing to touch. Don't touch it. Yeah. Um, we were at a party, and not to drop a name, but I'm gonna drop it anyway. Drop away. I, all right, it's a podcast. The kids love you the know. kids love that stuff. They, the kids, of course, they yeah. do. Um, Jason Gould was there, who's Barbara Streisand's very talented son. Sure. And Liam had one of his hugging fits, and I saw him race across the room and just jump into Jason's arms and Jason very nicely like gave him a hug he rolled back. with it he went he went with it he was so sweet and I had this moment I leaned over to Eric Bergen and I said um you know Lorna Luft has held him too and he goes oh my god he goes you almost have the trifecta so Chaz Bono I'm looking for you wherever you are Chaz I'm coming for you yeah and you really want Chaz and not Elijah Blue you right. don't want Elijah Blue as much as Chaz Chaz ticks more boxes for me you you know what that's you've Yes. <laughs> the boxes are being ticked, for sure. For sure. Uh, I hear he does musicals, too. He does. I've seen him in some 30-minute musicals, and he often plays like the president of the United States in Independence Day. I like that. And he's fun. He's, he does a great job. And Cher was apparently at the show the night before I was there. Just oh, at the, wow. Just at the old celebration. 
just That's fun. you know and I, I was hoping that Cher didn't have to deal with that pole sight line issue because oh I hated that. that yeah yeah so I doubt that I mean if, if Cher's coming you you don't put her behind the pole no well unless she's <laughs> unless she's working with Christina Aguilera then, then, and then, you, then 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 the pole's up for grabs yeah um, so to speak you do a lot of um, benefits. You, yes. You've been playing a lot of shows in Palm Springs. They love you out there. I'm huge in Palm Springs. That's awesome. That's, I don't know why. There are worse places to be huge. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. And it's so hot there. You think yeah. everybody would be thinner. But I, I'm actually huge in Palm Springs. Yeah. Um, and I like them. I like that whole vibe out there. I love there. it. I could be one of those dudes that check out and go live there and wear clothes from International Mail from the 80s <laughs> until I croak. <laughs> I could totally do it. I get it. I just you just relax the second you're out there. I yeah. So I was out there this time doing a benefit for Desert AIDS project. It seems like most of the time when I do go out there, it's a benefit for Desert AIDS project. Right. And um, this is, was celebrity doodles. So they're little scratches. Yeah. Every things that they drew. Yeah. Okay. Every celebrity who kind of doodles, Rosie O'Donnell donated. Um, she. she is a manic doodler. I bet she's a good doodler. She's a very good doodler. So she's um, so crafty. She's she's very crafty. She donated eight pieces. Wow, and she probably did them in one dump. I probably, I mean, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, she has a little fold down desk. She had she did uh, four individual drawings, and then she did four statues. Oh, that's wild. She, yeah, the statues are these things like kind of. I guess it, I'm not really into the anime, Comic Con, WonderCon world. Sure. Although I'm Asian and people accuse me of yeah. just walking around. That's an untapped market. I think yeah. you need to look into it. I know. I have the eyes for it. So um, she did these little statues that you can buy. I guess that you buy them and they're they're like, I don't know if they're clay or what, but they're they're white. There's nothing on okay. them. And then you doodle something on them. And all kids oh, that's apparently cool. do them. And she has a lot of kids. But she did these really intricate line drawings. And Frank DeCaro asked me the other night if it wasn't, a piece by Rosie O'Donnell, would you still buy it? And I said, yeah, I thought so. I mean, That's I cool. thought they were really interesting and really well done. I think she's talented that way. I mean, she could, maybe if she keeps collecting and stuff and keeps drawing, she she could have a showing. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think that. so. Yeah. Who wouldn't? I like Rosie. Yeah, I do too. You know what? She, um, I did a benefit one time with her. I did a concert for um, World AIDS Day. It okay. was Pippin. And uh, everybody at Pippin thought I was somebody else because there's another Asian actor who looks like me. And so Rosie was one of them. So she came up and she'd worked with this other actress before. So she came up and started talking to me just like, I, like she, you'd work together. Like we'd work together. And like she you're start, catching up. Yeah. And she told me all about how her son at that point was developing underarm hair. Wow. And it was a weird moment for me because I didn't know how to say, yeah, we're signing posters and you see I'm signing Aaron Quill yeah. and I'm not signing the other. Yeah. And, uh, I think then she looked down and she was like, oh, that's not you. And she kind of walked away. And then later at the party, her partner at that time, who was Kelly, right, um, came up and again thought I was this other actress and was like, oh, it's great to see you again. Gave me a big hug and kiss. And I was like, this is so awkward. It's just, you know, it's one of those things when you're Asian, I guess you. Maybe Jesse Eisenberg gets it, too. I hear he looks like somebody else. He must. Yeah. He always plays dicks, too, in movies. Yeah, he, for sure. Nobody does that better than him, that sort of I'm smarter than you thing. Um, now, you just did a benefit where Suzanne Summers was in the mix. Yes, I did Celebrity Doodles. And there was actually a Thighmaster. 
And uh, for do they still make them or are they? Yeah, no, you can vintage? buy them. You okay. can buy them. No, Suzanne has a whole company that okay. does. Okay, they're still buy people There's, are still into yes. it. Yes. Okay. They're still toning their thighs while they watch TV. I love it. You know, and uh, we did a live auction for Celebrity Doodles, and Suzanne was a great sport. She was getting an award because this is a an event that she actually helped spearhead several years ago. Sure. And. Um, she and her husband doodled on this thigh master and they signed it and she came up and we managed to get the auction up to twelve hundred dollars and a, she that's amazing and she demonstrated it though she was so good she like put it between her legs and i was going look it's touched the voluptuous thighs of suzanne yeah. and then i was worried she was going to get mad at me for saying her thighs were voluptuous but i didn't mean fat i meant just delicious toned and yeah and, and curvy yeah and yeah i interviewed her once on the set of set by step by step right for i think cosmo mm -hmm. or new woman maybe and she did the thigh master for me in the room plopped right down and did it and then she did an answering machine outgoing message for me talking about how I couldn't come to the phone because I was learning my thigh master. And I used to get a lot of celebrities to do that. I remember and that. And they were really fun. But I look back and I, I, I cringe a little at my presumptuousness. And I think if I could go back and see the faces of the people when I asked them to do that, if a, a, a screen grab of that face where they're like, seriously? Oh, the sit-in-it face? The sit-in-it face. <laughs> I would be a little mortified. But I also... I had a long run in there in the 90s with like especially with actresses where I really got along with them and became That's a little friendly I and I who was that guy back there that was so that 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 got these gals on board you know what i mean like i i i think well, I that's think still that, me but there was something no it's still you, uh, you know innocent what, or did uh, we meet around that time we did yeah, in the late 90s right, right, right? right i always just thought you were so charming and you had so much enthusiasm for everything that's the great thing. Like whatever we were doing, if we were bowling, if we were just like grabbing pizza or whatever, it was full tilt boogie the whole time. There was no like, let's start at 20 and see if we get to 30. It was like 110 every single time. And I think you always go into your interviews or your writing projects with like the highest of expectations. And I feel like you have so much love and passion for it that everybody just kind of gets swept away in it. Okay, I'll take it. That's lovely. Well, don't but you no, think like, yeah, with no, all the screening I, I party do, books? Sure, and I also think I had a. I think they felt safe with me, and I was yeah. a good listener and all that stuff. But I do. I look back and and I think, gosh, I asked all those people to do that, and they but did they it. did it. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit like, I don't know. Just ha having had more experience, I find it a bit like, like a like a rookie thing. But it wasn't really that rookie-ish. He wants both microphones now. Liam, no, 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 no. Okay, no. that's enchanting. Let's see how many times I'll say no, no, no during yeah. this podcast. Oh, yum. Oh, oh yum. Um, he likes cords and he likes buttons. He loves um, buttons. <laughs> here's the thing about Liam. He is so cute that do you think about if I were to have another kid, I could. He could might I, not. He or she might not be as cute. Yeah. I do. Not I do. just cute, but enchanting and lovely and wonderful and sweet. It's not just it's not just cuteness. It's like greatness well he's kind it's of like rock having twenty. he's kind of a rock star and, and it's so like having 20 in blackjack for... and i'm like you know what i'm free i'm out yeah you gotta stay <laughs> yeah just... you gotta stay i gonna... i feel like he's not... a 20 in blackjack at least he's like a 20.9 i mean it, <laughs> i don't think in he's other words got, yeah he's kind of knocked it out of the park he has so, so the honestly, standard is a little high but do I... you think do you does it make you when it when how does his perfection affect the <laughs> thought of having another one i just wonder sometimes if, you know he's always been good 
to just go along and he's always up for whatever. It sounds ridiculous because he's not even two yet. I know. But he doesn't, nothing phases him. He's like, you know, like he's like, oh, it's a plane. That's fine. Oh, it's a party. I don't know anybody. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's Ellen Green. That's fine. So he just doesn't get flustered. Yeah. Oh, it's Jason Gould. I've not yes. seen Prince of Tides, but I'll. But I'm in. I'm in. I'll make an, I'll just. We'll just start at ground zero with him. Yeah. I'll sit on Eric Bergen's lap yeah, and watch care. the trailer of Jersey Boys, which he's in, and be like, yeah. okay. Yeah, he's... Um, but do you think about... Does it? What do you think about having do, it more? I don't know, because honestly, I, I, my mother said to me, she said, Liam seems to be very good at being an only child. Yeah. And I think he is. I think he's like... I don't know. He's pretty good. I do worry, I guess, in the future, if he'll be like, why don't I have any siblings? Right. But... He's got two cousins really, really close in age to him. One's six months younger and one's like 14 months older. Yeah. So, and they see each other almost every day. So he really has two sisters. They just don't live with him. Right. So I think that's the, and that might be why he's so cool too, because he gets that mommy alone time. Yeah. You know, when it's too much for him, we leave. Yeah. You know, or they leave. So he's not fighting for attention. That's cool. I don't know. What's your favorite part about being a mom? Um, I think his smiles and I think also when he goes to sleep. (laughs) And is there an element of like, if you get some bad career news or something like that, and then he just smiles and you're like, all right, I can roll with that thing. I find that I don't care as much. Yes. I don't care as much. I'm like, you know, they'll call up and they go, oh, they went another way. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Because all I can think of at this point, even if I do book something, is what am I going to do with him while I'm at work? Yeah, can I manage it? How do I do yeah, it? Yeah, how do I figure yeah. it out? So, you know, it's it's not bad. It's yeah. not bad to have a baby and just be like, you know what? This is my focus right now. And if something comes along, it's great. If something, you know, that's why I like doing the benefits. Yeah. I'm doing another one tonight for LA homeless youth. And uh, it's all about the children. It is. You got to do it. You're great at that, though. And you're so generous and... You always, whenever I go to them, you are the spark plug and the comic relief when everyone else is like singing their hearts out and like <laughs> they're like backstage going, oh shit, she went for the F, I better go for the G. Like, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? You're, you come out it's and you're really funny and you sound great and you sing great, but you you have a sense of humor that is such a relief. Uh, the last thing I saw you in was a sparkle benefit. Mm-hmm. It was a Christmas thing. That was for the Actors Fund. And Richard Simmons came out and did a bit. Yes. And it was his comic instincts were so sharp. I was surprised. No, he's shockingly funny. He's and, shockingly and, funny and, it and sharp. And it had that sort of loose cannon kind of funniness, but it also felt very, he knew what he was doing. I think he knows I exactly could, what he's doing. I could, I was like, he should do a one man show or something. Like I, I couldn't believe how comedically brilliant he was. And, yeah. and not like we're laughing at him. No, like no, you don't laugh at him. He knew what he was, it was kind of, unbelievable well he came in and right off the bat i will say liam was wearing he was liam was backstage and he was wearing a uh, candy cane striped onesie right they were the his pajamas his christmas pajamas sure and uh richard came in and was like i want to lick that child <laughs> he said what do i have to do to lick that child <laughs> even liam's thought it was right and i was like um yeah okay go ahead you know, yeah. if you're going to do it, you're, it. Uh, go right ahead. Yeah. And, and Chill was looking at me and he goes, what are you saying? You can lick the... I was like, you know what? It's Richard Simmons. I'm not going to tell him to not lick the baby. No. And it turned out he didn't 
really licked the baby. I mean, he kissed him on the it head. It was his way of saying your baby is it's cute, delicious. Yes, I do. You do kind of want to eat him up. Yeah, that's what people yeah. say. Although it's a recurring theme, I think now that his um, language skills are getting better, yeah. people keep coming up and they're like, "Oh, Liam, you're so cute. I just want to steal you." And he gets this funny look on his face, like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. So. I've asked people to just stop saying you're going to steal him. Like you're going to take I, him away. Yeah, I don't want him to freak out. I no. don't want him to have a complex. No, exactly. <laughs> now, here in Aaron and Chill and Liam's living room is a briefcase from when Chill was on Deal or No Deal. Yes, lucky number eight. Lucky number eight. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the boosters. Was that what we were called? I was one of the people. Supporters. supporters. I think they call it supporters. And it was one of the most surreal, incredible experiences do you does that feel like a million years ago it feels like a million years ago and it feels like it's happened to somebody else did it change your life dramatically when it happened it did because i think well first of all for quite a while whenever we went to a restaurant somebody would ask us to pay for their dinner really yeah wow they, how much did you win we won um oh my goodness how much did we win i think we won 200 and 30,000 or something right. like that something in there before taxes yeah before ta oh and we got hosed on taxes That's what they, yeah, was that like uh it was like almost half yeah yeah so everybody's like you can buy a house like no not in Los Angeles you can't buy a house yeah. with that yeah um so because nothing was deductible against it. It's considered a gambling win. Yeah. That's kind of how everybody gets in trouble with the, yeah. you know, when they win Survivor and whatever. Um, but yeah, I'll deduct my sunscreen or I'll yeah. deduct my, um, you know, outfit or yeah. whatever. And nothing is deductible. Wow. Um, so it did change. It gave us a little more freedom. Yeah. Um, we made a movie called The Mikado Project. Right. And that helped us, like not have to worry about having a day job and filming yeah. a film yeah um we got to go to film festivals you know we used it yeah we that's did cool. use it and you know we got a new car and all that kind of stuff i mean in retrospect we probably should have i will say we probably should have handled it a little bit differently but at the same time it was kind of we were newlyweds at that time so yeah. it was sort of like in this whole bubble of being magical newlyweds where nothing yeah. was i mean i would tell chill don't do that and then he would completely ignore me yeah. so after a while i just let it go you know now i remember being one of the boosters i also had a herniated disc in my neck at the time yes. so i was in a lot of pain oh my the goodness. whole time we were over there on the side i remember they said to wear certain color shirts mm -hmm. and i remember there was a producer who would not let up about how crazy we they wanted us to be like, yeah they wanted you're gonna us to turn really it on gonna... right you're gonna like you're gonna and she wouldn't let up and I was like, I guess she was afraid of people being duds or whatever. But I, I, no matter how many times she asked me, it wasn't going to affect how bubbly or whatever I was. Or, but it was really surreal and exciting. And I just remember those numbers coming up and like, I know, holy it seemed shit, like at he's going to win the million, some money. didn't it? Yeah, I don't remember exactly how it worked. I, I remember, I also remember the sound being really weird in there. So yeah. you couldn't, you kind of could kind of tell what was happening. Right. You're supposed to be really invested in the game, but the sound and the lights and the video, I was like, I can't. Because they had three sections. It was a like little it hollow. Seemed like, yeah. It seemed a little weird. And then for the longest time after it aired, um, we ha I had it on my TiVo, and my boyfriend at the time, John Michael, whenever he needed to pick me up, he would fire up that deal <laughs> or no deal. Because it was something so, yeah, it was so fun to watch. And yeah, that was incredible. They said that was the, actually the highest rated episode. And do you know what? It was Oprah's favorite episode. Well, that's 
nothing to sneeze at. That's nothing like, to sneeze at. That she should be mentioned on show's it on business the air. Card. I like, know. I yeah. was Oprah's favorite. But she yeah. mispronounced his name because his Korean name is Pyong. Yeah. And she called it Pyong. So she goes, I love me some of that Pyong Kong. That yeah. Pyong Kong. And I was like, oh, it's okay. It's Oprah. Oprah mispronounces things very strategically, especially I'm, when she pretends not to understand what yeah, it is. We've discussed this. Yes. Like when she'll say, uh, what was the, there was some gay. The down low. The down low. She doesn't call it the down, the, the down low. Or, I don't know. Now it's always the, the emphasis is on the wrong word. Or barebacking. She talked about yeah, barebacking. Barebacking. And what was the. D- yeah. Down she, low. The, da- <laughs> the way it she was, said it was as though she'd never heard of it in a million years. And I was like, Oprah, yeah. ask Gail. She yeah. knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> she, can, she can brighten it up. I miss Oprah, though. I don't have own, which is. That's it's weird. not in my. I know it's like one of those. You know, you get your cable package, and then right. there's those little outliers. Like I don't have logo either, and you're like, oh, I don't know if it's worth the extra. That really, you know what? Honestly, yeah. um, in New York, I don't have logo, and it hurts me. Yeah, it really what do you hurts. Watch me. RuPaul's. Yeah, That's, it feels like the only. Thing. I know. I've, I know somebody every season. Yeah. I know one of the queens. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the other night, actually, um, I went to a concert at Rockwell. Okay. The Lance Horn concert, and I met Courtney Act. Okay. So we got I'm a little behind. Oh, okay. Well, she's the Australian. She was on oh, Australian yeah, I saw her Voice. Yeah, she was yeah, on yeah. The Voice Australia, which um, my friend's sister is a judge on. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, that was kind of surreal to meet. And, and Liam sometimes watches Drag Race with me. If he won't go to bed and he's fussy, I'll put on Drag Race and he'll watch it. And um, he was. Because it's look- never too early to learn how to throw shade. Well, you know what? When we were in Palm Springs the last time for Celebrity Doodles, it was Dinosaur Weekend, oh, and he's brother. ruined. He's ruined because we we stayed at the Saguaro Hotel, and it was all lesbians, like yeah. lesbians as far as yeah, but hot lesbians, like super lipsticky, you know. Yeah. Um, and w- I took him down to the pool, and so just imagine you're like almost two, and you're down at the pool, and here are all these crazy hot women in bikinis and whatever. And laying out, he he just kept going like this. He kept going, wow, wow, wow. He had the best time. And then they all kept like winking at him and and telling him he was so cute. He was so handsome. And I was like, ladies, you got to stop because you're ruining him. He's never, ever going to recover from the, the amount of, you know, estrogen that's like pouring at him right now. Yeah. And then, wouldn't you know, later we were in our room and the balcony was the balcony window was open the music was thumping and i turn around and he's out there no shirt he he's got his board shorts on he's got like a party bracelet that the hotel made us wear for security reasons he's holding on to the balcony railing and dancing and i look down and there's like six girls hot girls thumping up with him and i was like this is just not right wow he's just never you know He's never going to recover from Dinosaur Weekend. He's had a better time there than anybody I know. You know, most people I know go excited and come back like, no way, never again. No, he, you know, he had a great time. And then there were these two girls and they were kissing in the pool. And then they saw him and they were like, oh, we'll stop. And I said, no, don't stop. I said, because that's actually then telling him something's wrong. Right. I was like, I would prefer if you just do what you're doing. Yeah. You're not having sex. You're just kissing. Yeah. So just show him that love is love and nobody cares. Like, I certainly don't care. And, you know. If in fact, he... I have a song about it. Yes, exactly. It. In fact, <laughs> why don't we sing this song I'd like to sing by Gary Adler called If I Weren't Married and You Weren't Gay. Which is an actual song, actually. 
Now, um, before we started, Aaron picked a couple of cards out of the... I've got a name for it now. For the longest time, I didn't have a name for these cards. Uh-huh. Do you want to hear it? Yes. The Observation Deck. Oh, I love that. Isn't it brilliant? Yes. So you've, you've delved into the Obligation Deck, and which, uh, which, pick, which question did you get? Um, what would you like to do in a job that you haven't gotten to do yet? Okay, like in a role or whatever, in a yeah. part. Okay. I would like to be... I would like to do green screen work. I've never, ever had to do that where they put all the little... Like an electric- avatar thing? Yes. That would be great. I would be so good as an eight-foot-tall blue person. I know somebody that did hardcore work on Avatar, a guy named Woody Schultz, and he actually sort of has been active in in um, bringing together all those di- those digital actors and, and right. sort of like um, working together on, on how things are for them. And... Uh, he also ended up having a part in Avatar on camera. Oh, so that's cool. in, the, in the one scene. But it's fascinating the way they do it. And he showed me, like, the mold of his head and stuff like that. Yeah. And, I've, yeah. I've do had, you think you would like to do that? I would because I've always liked special effects. Yeah. And I've worked with puppets, obviously. Right. Um, and I just know a lot of people in the superhero industry. Right. Seems like. Um, and I'm always think, thinking, dude, I'm standing right here. You know, they're yeah. telling me how difficult it is to cast. I'm like, I'm standing right here. Right. I could be green. I mean. And you work on those things for a long time. Uh, you do work on them yeah. for a long time. Yeah, it's a good it's a good house house buying job. Yeah. And then you go to the movie and you're like, what? What is this? I don't this is like. Yeah, you're I'm like, I had no concept that yeah. it was going to look like that. I wow. think that would be cool because I've done other stuff. Yeah. You know, I've done movies and I've done uh, like feature films and, and Broadway and plays and commercials and stuff but that's like the one thing i haven't done and i've done uh, cartoons but i would like to i think be a recurring on a cartoon where i'm just you know some little character and that's that yeah that would be good yeah great you're great at voices (laughs) Eh, what Uh, stop what liam um he really wants to touch this microphone i my showbiz dreams i have like two or three showbiz dreams that are a little quirky and they're not like winning an oscar or something like that I would love to be on the Howard Stern show. Okay. And uh, I just think that would be cool. And I would also like to be in a suit in GQ magazine. Oh, like in that a kicky cool. suit that that's that's that fits perfectly and I Right. I'm, that and has perhaps, the crease exactly where yeah, it's Yeah, in the to jauntiest be. fall suits and I'm and you're like jumping or doing a leap or whatever. Are you styled by Brad Goreski yeah, or something? Wh- whoever. Yeah. Like the their their crackerjack team. I believe it in their hands. I'm not gonna come in with a lot right. of demands. Yeah. 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 No green M&Ms for you. No, but just like a cool, com- some cool suits. And I think I should be airborne in, in one of the shots. That's good. I noticed that a lot of, that was the trend in Christmas cards this last year. Yeah. When people sent, it was like all these families jumping up. Yeah. What are they so fucking happy about? Uh, I can show you Alec Mappas. He's yeah. like eight feet off the ground. I don't even know how he got that. High. Maybe a mini tramp. Yeah. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah. So, uh, what you, and you pulled another question. Yes, I did. Okay. It says, what is it? Uh, what is the most trouble you ever got in in school? That, oh, let me think. I'll I, tell my story and then you can tell all right, yours. You tell your story. Okay. In like fourth grade, some girls in my class, who, one of whom I was actually quite close to and kind of grew up with, decided they were sick of my shit for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And they tried to beat me up. They like ganged up on me. Mm-hmm. And there were like three or four of them. Ugh. And then I remember turning into some kind of feral beast and fighting physically fighting and but but the it was another person that sort of came out and i sort of was yeah. going for it they weren't whipping my ass i don't know who was winning or whatever but we got we got stopped and we got in we got in trouble 
and I got a SWAT. <gasps> and I went I to was, Catholic school. We were beaten all the time. I, I was <laughs> thinking about that the other day. Like, I got hit yeah. by the principal with the piece of wood. Yes. And I was just thinking about that is unbelievable to me. And also, if you're – imagine you're a principal or a, a teacher and you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about it? What would you like? How hard Honestly, do I hit this kid? Would you want to do it? You would hate to. Would you? They didn't seem to be that troubled, but I would have an existential crisis if I, if my job was to make a kid bend over and and swat him with a board. Well, I went to Catholic grade school, and they did it every day. Somebody beat the crap out of us every day, and it's funny because. Um, that was it, part of their job. That was just that was just the way it was done. Yeah, I gotta grade some papers. I'm gonna hit a kid with a board. Yeah, they did, and uh, then I'm gonna go smoke in the teacher's lounge. I mean, the boys wore ties because they had uniforms. So yeah. I remember them taking a, a kid and tying his tie to the top of the blackboard so he couldn't lower his head comfortably and leaving him there. Wow. That was one. I I know that I got a dunce cap on my head for talking. I had Mrs. Pajoli used to have. Um, about four rulers taped, right. together, taped together, and she would there'd be three bangs. The bang when she opened the drawer, the bang when she slammed the rulers on the table, and then the bang when she closed the door, and then she, she'd come over and she'd go, put your hands out, and you had to put your hands out on the table, and she would slam the ruler on your hand while your hand was on the table. Like, she could have broken our hand. I know, and you had that happen yeah. more than once. yeah. Because and then I very quickly became a very quiet kid, which is why my mom eventually switched me out of Catholic school because I just I was not a good fit yeah. at that particular school because you know I didn't want to get beat. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, you know. So that was I guess I I guess I don't know what my small infractions were, right? But, but yeah, that happened. But that happened. No, it tro it totally happened, and it was funny because um, how old were you when you switched out? To the other school. I switched out in sixth grade. Okay. So I guess I was 10, 12. Right. When I switched out. So I already had the fear of God into me. And it honestly, it was my mom putting me in musical theater classes that changed my life. Because I had been in Catholic school and I had been terrified and traumatized <laughs> for years. And also I was the only um, Asian kid in my class. So I got a lot of like, you're a chink, you're this, you're that, you know, kids only repeat what they hear at home. So yay for those parents. Um, so I got a lot of flack for being Asian, you know, in my area, which was very white. Yeah. And um, it took me quite a quite a long time to like recover and find my voice. Right. And I think I, I only did it because I was able to study musical theater. And of course, I was given show tunes and show tunes do magical things to people who are underrepresented or feel underrepresented in their life they give them that big moment and you can cry or you can sob it out and you can hit the high note and if you hit it well you know there's no other feeling like in the world so you know i i probably would be a librarian or or something very shy and introverted if i hadn't taken those theater classes and i hadn't gone it on changed to do that. it yeah, changed, changed your life, life. Yeah. dramatically for sure well for me it was when my mother put me into piano lessons in fifth grade i just came home one day and she said you're going to piano lessons and i wasn't thrilled about it and i never really liked them but i learned what i did do is when i started learning to play then i realized oh i can buy the sheet music to pop hits that i like right. like have you never been mellow for example which was one of my <laughs> early uh hits and that really kind of 
captured my creative imagination, which was, you know what the weirdest thing is, and there were so many years I lost this. This will only make sense to piano players. On sheet music, there's the treble clef and the bass clef. Right. Well, when you buy pop sheet music or even musical theater stuff, there's the vocal line, treble clef, the regular treble clef for the piano, and the bass clef. Well, when I would look at it, I thought, oh, I don't know how to play all three of those, so I can't do this song. I could only do it when they happened to print it with With, two lines. I can understand that, So for years, I thought it was out of my league when it was just the vocal line. That that hurts. But anyway. But they have chord symbols, too. You could have just played chords. I never learned my chords, and that's a problem. I'd like to. I'd like to learn how to mix on this digital recorder and my chords. You know what? Technology is beyond me most of the time. Um, I spent 30, no, it was like an hour trying to figure out how to update my... um, iPhone so I could put a song that I have to do tonight yeah. on the iPhone so I could play it in the car. <laughs> Sometimes though when you do crack it it's the best feeling like yeah, your life like, has ha! changed I've got this I'm I, I'm so much more efficient now I can do it. Um, it's only 3 a.m. I've only been trying like Joe was like what are you doing and I was yeah. like I, I, I don't know how to update it. Now you have a blog and you've yes. become Quite an advocate for casting yes. uh, based on the, the appropriate diversity. race and diversity right. and, you know, and all of that. Um, what has that meant for you doing that? Because you kind of it's gradually meant, got into it. It and mostly meant sort of, uh, less auditions. Um, you think it's backfired in that um, way? In, in a certain way. Here, wait. Let me give Liam my phone so yeah. that he calms down. Um, there you go. Good parenting, right there. That's ladies it, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever works. Um, the blog. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. It's coming. Don't worry. My child knows how to work my iPhone better than I do. That's so right. That's depressing. Um, and he puts apps on there that I have no idea what they are. I'm like, wow. really? Uber? What is that? It's yes. called Playdate.com. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, mommy. It's called interracial dating for toddlers. Oh my goodness. He's having a whole thing. I know he's having a whole thing, but um, the blog came. Um, the blog came out of a couple of things. I was, I had just given birth to him, right? And Chill was like, "You don't have enough um, to do." Yeah. Honestly, just because the baby sleeps and yeah. does all that kind of stuff. So he said, "I needed a creative outlet." So I said, "I don't want to be a blogger. I hate that word. It bothers me." Yeah. I hate that word. It bothers me. So I didn't know what I was going to write. But what happened was I found um, an article on Playbill.com that I was reading about the casting of a new show called The Nightingale. And it was set in China. And a a lot of friends had been telling me that they couldn't get an audition for it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder who they eventually wound up going with. And and normally, um, Liam, Liam. Normally, um, I know everybody right. that would get cast in an Asian American musical. It's a very small bunch. So um, when I looked, there were no Asian Americans cast. Or there was one, and she was a princess, um, but it was like completely inappropriate. And so I wrote a blog about the, what I considered the inge- like. I just had it, you know. I yeah, just you had just this, had it. This I, is BS. I just had a baby, and like he was a big baby, and I was like in pain, and I was still recovering, and I was like, you know what? You this know is what, Moises Kaufman? Yeah. yeah, here you go. Kiss my ass. And that's what the post was called. Moises Kaufman can kiss my ass, and here's right. why. And I did not know that within a week it would get twenty five thousand views. Oh my gosh! And How it, does that feel? Like I. 
we just I don't know if I have a thick numbers. enough skin for that kind of we, stuff. We just watched the numbers, and, you know, I posted it probably like 4 in the morning, right? Because it was his 4 a.m. feeding, and I wrote it, and I was just like, I don't care. And I went to sleep. And when we got up, Cho was like, babe, you know you have like 500 views? And I was like, no, that you can't. That You're reading it wrong. And he's like, no, you, you have 500 views. Yeah. And I said, that, get, that's impossible. Give me the numbers. And as even as he was handing me the phone, the numbers changed. And all of a sudden, it was like 1,000. And I was like, how is this possible? The interweb, that's how it's possible. Yeah. So it turned out that there were 25,000 hits on that particular post. Were most people agreeing with you? Um, it was very interesting. Like the Asians and minority theatrical community were, were totally on board because – they had all had it done to them. Everybody who's who's felt marginalized or underrepresented um, was like, finally somebody is speaking to power, such as it was. And and actually saying, like, you're, they were calling them on their bullshit. Right. You know, like Moises Kaufman, that casting was some bullshit. And the La Jolla Playhouse, how dare you? And Tara Rubin casting, I, I was shocked. I was shocked because they're such a good office. I didn't know how they could justify it in any way, shape, or form. And one of the things that really jumped out at me was how vicious people who didn't agree with me were. They called me all sorts of names, a lot of ethnic names, a lot of slurs. They guaranteed I would never work again. Um, and my consequence... Welcome to the club. Yeah, I know. I was like, I, was like, I ain't working now. Whatever. <laughs> Is Moises calling me now? Yeah, like, yeah. Aaron, you just got to come in and work on this project. Yeah. No, I mean, the truth is, like, if you're an Asian-American actor uh, who does musicals, there's uh, three musicals that people accept us in, and everywhere else we're kind of wedged in. And, you know, it's really up to the creative team to make a conscious decision to say, you know what, we're going to practice inclusion. And what was startling to me was that Moises Kaufman and the other two who wrote uh, the musical together, they're all part of the gay community what was the project called it was called the nightingale Nightingale. okay and it was the same two guys that wrote um duncan sheik and steven Sater. oh yeah that did spring awakening that did spring awakening oh i love them right wrong i know i know i was so i was like you know throwing my weave and everything yeah and like the the thing that made it so upsetting was that they're part of the gay community and i spend an inordinate Mm. amount of time raising money for the gay community for different things like uh, yeah but maybe they weren't they weren't connecting those dots or well, whatever well it's just the asian american community in general has always um the theatrical asian americans have always been huge supporters of broadway cares equity fights aids and right. the actors fund and all that stuff and we go above and beyond a lot of times when we're invited because we're not always invited and um just to see the insensitivity of that casting and to see because what they did was they, they took Asian-American characters and cast they other... They took chi- traditional Chinese characters. Yeah. And they put white people in them. And they yeah. didn't change the name. And they didn't change the co- the costumes. And they didn't change the setting. So it was still China. Can like, I come clean to you about something? Sure. When I was in... You were in the Mikado. No. Oh. When I was in college, I was in Anything Goes. Oh, you were the you were the two Chinese guys. I was one of the two Chinese guys. That's okay. And in addition to my chorus work and my other right, ensemble right, work right. in the piece, I was either they were like Ling or like they had. They, I think they were the two Lings. Or yeah, something like, something that. like that. I was one of them. Weren't they like Ching Ling and Ding Ling? Yes, or something? it was full on yeah. for sure. 
and I do, I'm not, I'm not proud of that. It. I'm not proud of that, Aaron Quill. But it was written in I, the 30s. Yeah. You know, like that's the thing. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a crazy person. Like right. I acknowledge that. I there's, feel so much better now. That there have been casting mishaps in the past. Um, and you know, ethnic humor to a certain extent, yeah, gets a laugh. It always gets a laugh. It's a laugh getter. But you know, the world is different now. And we have to be more conscious of that. And I've continued since the Nightingale. I've continued blogging, and and I also think with anyone, if you feel like you're included in some kind of fair way, you can roll with some of this other yeah. stuff. It's just the fact that if that's all you're getting, it's like, why don't you just, you know, call it the fuck you show? Well, I remember Jack Plotnick years ago. He was doing a commercial, and he said, you know, he went in to shoot the commercial, and he said, you know, the the um, they didn't want to tell me be more gay, so they just said to me like something like be more flamboyant. And he said, so what am I supposed to do? Where? And he said, and then he got his costume, and it was very like a flowy shirt and yeah. stuff. And he said, what do they want me to do? Big arm movements and just mouth fabulous over and over again. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, that's a very specific. That's a, that's something that I get all the time. Like, can you be more Asian? Can you use more of an accent? Can you? I was like, do you want me to bind my feet? Because that's going to take a while and I'll be back by 2.30. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you and admire you for sticking <laughs> up, for standing up for something. I think it's... And making it's myself n- completely unemployable. It's not easy, but you... But do you feel like you... Do you feel like it's, somebody had to? Or do, there's a sense I of like, like... Would you have felt... If you would you have felt worse if you had gone along and yes. not said anything? I think the thing is like the reason my level of frustration reached where it went is because I did become a mother, and I thought, is my kid gonna have to go through this same kind of crap? And then I thought, no, I'm not gonna let him. I'm not gonna let him. Not with all that star quality. No, exactly right. <laughs> well, he was only seven weeks old, yeah. but I was like, I will not allow it. There's something like when you become a mom, I was like, I will not allow this to continue. I am going to say something. And I honestly didn't think anybody would read it. But we had the Nightingale. Then right after at the Royal Shakespeare Company, I kind of gave them a really hard time about a production they did. Was there ever a moment where something you've written and, and you've you've heard that something might have changed a little bit about it in a concrete way? Not just to sort there of like having the conversation. No, there have been like several theater conferences and diversity conferences based on my work that's incredible but i have never been invited to them (laughs) see this woman yes she's a troublemaker and a rabble rouser that's the interesting thing that like so this thing blew up right and what happened did they did people call me to interview me no they called like every other asian actor they knew to comment on it and some of the comments were really interesting because they were all happy i said something but nobody would call me directly and i was like if you wanted to know why I said it, why don't you just call me? I'm si- I was like sitting right there. I had nothing to do except take care of the baby yeah. and watch the numbers go up. So it's just kind of interesting because I think with my blog, I have addressed a lot of social issues. It started off as um, it was going to be advice from uh, one female who had tons of gay friends to other females who maybe had their first gay friend and didn't know how to treat them. Right. Um, because I noticed on reality shows that everybody now seems to have a, a best gay friend and they call them, oh, he's my best gay. Like it's their purse. Yeah. Or yeah. like it's hold my purse. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. I know. You have <laughs> no idea what best gays come from. I mean, that always. What's the name of your blog? Uh, the Fairy Princess Diaries. Okay. And it's and it's called The Fairy Princess Diaries. But, uh, you know, remember years ago I was writing this 
this book and I only did a couple of chapters, but you said, why don't you just call it um, super hag? Because I said that. Yeah, because well, because it was it, it you know. Well, it, it, no, it, it it's a it's catchy. Right, right. You were, and you could see I the had some cover. other title on yeah. it. You know, I I had so like Kate saves the day. Yeah. Because um, I name every female character Kate because of Kate's meal. That's sweet. It's a good name. It it's is a good, a good solid name, name and she's a good girl. Yeah, she's a great girl. It's a friend of ours. So um, so everybody's always named Kate, and I had that in the title, and you were like, I think the title was Kate's gaze. Yeah. And you were like, no, just call it Super Hag because that's what it is. And I said, I said that? <laughs> yes. That seems so Sassy. astute. I know. No, I it know. seems so business. Yeah. Um, so... We were supposed to go to a lunch soon. I know. Are we oh in my trouble? God. Uh, probably. Shoot. All right. Well, we can wrap it up. Okay. But you were going to say, I think you were, you were going to say something kind of uh, so, wrapping up the um, blog yeah, stuff. I... Oh, well, just that, that like a lot of the blog is about how to deal with friendships within the gay community as a straight woman and I think there are certain caveats that you have to pay attention to and the, and the bi biggest one is really just be a friend your gay friend is not your gay friend like there was that commercial years ago that the LDS church did and it was like a, a grandpa and his son a grandpa and his grandson they were sitting on a boat and he goes well I see you're out with Derek and he goes yeah he's my best black friend and the grandfather goes no he's your friend if you call him your black friend then he's not really your friend now is it and the little boy goes huh I never thought of that and that's how I kind of feel that some women are about gay men and their friendships like he's my best gay friend no he's not your best gay friend he's your friend like they're sort of just around a zhuzh yeah they're, they're mostly about zhuzhing mostly about zhuzhing zhuzhing and, and judging and, and shopping <laughs> and that's wrong you know yeah. there's a lot of other aspects to it so um you know, I think it was kind of, the blog always started as a kind of like wake up and get over yourself. Right. And then it's just added this diversity advocate voice that I never really intended upon. But it was how I was feeling. And I think you have to, especially when you have a blog, you have to write how you yeah, feel. That's what it is. Yeah. So like recently I wrote about the Native Americans. I wrote about the casting of Tinkerbell um, yeah. as Rooney Marrow, Mara. Um, a lot of different things, you right. know. But I wrote also, I did a thing on, you know, Cal You mean Perni Tiger Lily? Tiger Lily, okay. yeah. I mean, Pan. Calpurnia Adams is a friend of mine for a long time. And so I wrote about um, the use of a word that the transgender community really doesn't like. And, you know, like just stuff like that. Just kind of whatever I'm feeling. And as you can tell by my blog where I'm living my life. I also wrote a thing about, like, if I want to come into your shishi coffee shop and I have a stroller, don't you dare, like, body check me at the door i'm gonna bring the stroller in because my kid weighs like 30 pounds and yeah. that's just what's gonna happen get used to it yeah get used make to way. it make way all right what's the name of your blog fairy princess diaries all right should we i would talk to you for days and i always we can. do talk to we did talk we we had a couple of false starts with the technical stuff so yeah <laughs> that's right that's the way it's rolling so um shall we go do this lunch we should so we'll go do have this another lunch. time with aaron yes again but thank you so much for being here and taking well, part of it. Well, thank you for asking. Um, your blog is called? The Fairy Princess Diaries. And tonight I'm doing a benefit for um, L.A. homeless youth. Oh, well, this ain't going to go up for a while. So oh, well, then. They can't help. They can uh, send well, a check. Well, too bad. They send yeah. a check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to email me, uh, I have a, an email address, dennisanyonepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.